0: Hey you, whoa, didn't expect to see you here. Thanks so much for being curious enough to check us out. You're about to gift your ears, the soothing, sensational and seductive sounds of the Story Network podcast. But before I jump into the emotive and inspirational introduction, I actually just wanna take a moment and thank you for tuning in and then welcome you to the Story Network community. So thank you and welcome. Now, let's roll that intro. Hit it! This is the emotive and inspirational introduction to the Story Network podcast. My name is Zed Hopkins and it is my job to inspire connection, collaboration and creation through open and honest conversation. So let's put our lives aside for a moment. Connect heart to heart, mind to mind. Share with each other. Learn from each other and inspire each other to be more, to feel more and experience more. 7.54 billion stories on one earth. We are The Story Network, and this is The Story Network Podcast. Woo! The Story Network. Let's do it! Hello, everybody. My name is Zed Hopkins, and you are listening to The Story Network Podcast. In today's episode, I am transporting myself across the world over to Pittsburgh in the United States to talk to one of my good friends, Michaela Cox. Now this conversation is pretty wide ranging. We start off talking about spirituality and the idea of doing your own personal inner work. We then move into our thoughts on creativity and the future of art and we round it all out towards the end looking at what it means to be a good human being and what are the lessons Michaela's learned throughout her schooling career and also just throughout her, her everyday life. So I hope you get a lot of value from it. We do have a few little hiccups with the Zoom connection at points but I hope you'll bear with us because there's a lot of value in this conversation and yeah let's just jump straight in hello everyone and welcome back to the story network podcast my name is Ed Hopkins and today I'm with my really good friend Michaela Cox Michaela how you doing
1: hi I'm good thanks thank you so much for having me (laughs)
0: No, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so just gonna start it off. Where are you right now? Um, given everything that's going on, we we met as a bit of context. We met um at the Claremont Colleges together. We did a projection design class together. What's what's up in your life right now? What are you up to?
1: Um, well, I am back home in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with my family, with uh my mom, my dad, and my younger brother, and uh. I'm just trying to find that balance between Work and family and also like personal life and family stuff uh, Because I think all of us are trying to find new ways to balance things Um, I've been doing uh, some work with the London Screenwriters Festival lately Um, I was I studied abroad in London in the uh, this past spring and I did an internship there and I was lucky enough to carry it over uh, remotely at, from home. So we did a bunch of online events and um, working on a collaborative feature length film with them. So I've been doing some work with that and some random uh, random social media work and stuff lately. So but uh, yeah, spending a lot of time with family and uh, I'm really grateful to be here with them now because I, this, I haven't had this time in a while. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is is there anything like from that experience? Because I know I know for me as well, we've spoken about this sort of separately, but it's kind of hard figuring out that balance of of work and family and like when you're sort of thrusted back to living at home after having been at college and studying abroad. What have you learned, you know, maybe through these past few months? Are there any sort of lessons or experiences that you've had that you feel like are gonna equip you with skills or or sort of tools moving forward in life?
1: Yeah. Um so Another thing, I guess, that I've been focusing on lately is cultivating or expanding, I guess, my um, like spirituality um, or like consciousness, I guess, in in terms and how that like relates to my creativity. And I've found that being back home, it's been important to to focus on kind of remaining grounded. Amidst all of the change and all of the anxieties and fears and everything that's that's going on right now, um, in in the world, and uh, so I I guess I have been learning to to stay grounded in a lot of those ways, um, and I'm I'm lucky enough to to rely to be able to rely on my family, but also finding that within myself, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So you mentioned spirituality, how, how did that come about? How did that awareness, you were like, Oh, I'm going to spend some time working on myself, working my own sort of like, like consciousness, my own spirituality. How did that come about? And what has that journey looked like? Is it a lot of reading? Is it conversing? How are you going about
1: it? Yeah. Um, so it's been a lot of firstly, I guess conversing with, uh, my, my parents about it because they've, they instilled, uh, a lot of um uh things about meditation from a young age and so they've they've been meditating for as long as i can remember but i had never really gotten into it until very very recently and um and and so this is the first time i really i guess had the initiative to kind of delve deeper into those beliefs and what it does and and the mind Body relationship, I guess. Um, and I so I started out at I guess it's like five months ago, <laughs> the beginning of this pandemic seems so long ago. Um, I started watching a series on Gaia called Rewired with um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and it's a kind of about how the it, it's about the the brain body relationship and how you know we can get caught up in certain emotions and feelings in our bodies kind of get addicted to, you know, being in in a certain state of being, I guess, because of the chemicals that are released and and that was kind of mind opening um because there are definitely times in my life where a certain thing doesn't go my way and then I get caught in a cycle of of, you know, kind of sadness or grief or whatever whatever it is, those kind of difficult emotions. And and it's kind of hard to escape from that. So, um, I guess learning uh, learning about what that means and and ways to kind of expand beyond uh, beyond those those moments and uh, through through kind of still moments of, of meditation or just general mindfulness throughout the day, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful. And Dr. Joe Dispenza is also someone who I've sort of discovered in in a similar sort of path and a lot of the stuff that he brings out i find so interesting is is exactly that this this awareness that uh, of your mind and your body and their their deep interconnectedness but also i think learning learning about ourselves like who we are as as like a conscious being as someone who exists you know, in so many different facets of life, you know, we have these relationships with our family that is like one aspect of who we are, but we also have these aspects of ourselves who, who we are to our friends, you know, who we are to um, colleagues and, and sort of like people who we work with. But then it's also like, who am I like beneath all of that, beneath all of the social conditioning? Like, how do I exist? And like, what, like, who am I, I guess, you know, as like a, as like a conscious being. Um, mm-hmm what what is there anything in particular that you've learned about yourself through through this process I know it's only five months you know this is sort of like a a lifetime of discovery but but in these early stages is there anything you know through meditation through these other tactics that you've talked about that is has come through for you
1: yeah I so I think well the first thing that I that I learned um and and realized is I guess there's this this preconception about um meditation or having this this awareness of your conscious that kind of all of your issues are just going to like dissolve away and i i know i've I'd, I'd spoken to friends about it before and i I'd, I'd felt that uh before i was like okay if i if i meditate regularly then i'll just be in this you know constant state of peace and, and uh, wholeness and <laughs> quickly learned that that's you know really not what it is it's about bringing all of these all of your conditioning to the surface. And so I think that was, that's been a huge lesson lately and something that I've learned um, is that I need to bring um, a lot of uh, my past, you know, notions or conditioning, conditions to, to the surface and um, whether it's difficult past experiences and find ways to accept them in the present moment. Um I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you thank you for sharing. It it's really interesting because it, as hearing you say this too like I I personally for me like I began meditating about 2 years ago and it was actually also when I was studying abroad in London that I first started mm-hmm. meditating. But I started meditating primarily because I was suffering severe anxiety for like one of the first times in my life where I acknowledged, I was like, oh, there is something not quite right with, with how I'm existing in the world right now. And I need something to kind of control a lot of these emotions. And that's kind of my, was my approach to it. I was like, oh, I need to control my emotions. I need to make sure that I'm not like letting my emotions spread out and that I kind of just center myself and I'm at peace, you know, like just quite ignorantly just being like, oh yeah, meditation will just like solve all that for me um which, which which is you know an interesting way in because i think also you learn a lot through that process and it's kind of almost like a trial by fire because you, you have these expectations and then sometimes they're sort of they they come come to fruition other times you're like oh this is not what i'd signed up for um but it's interesting now i i've spoken about this on some of my other podcasts because i recently read a book by michael a singer called uh the untethered soul i'm not sure if you've
1: i watched a video talking about it earlier today actually so
0: <laughs> oh wild wow this is a uh, wow that's really really interesting yeah yeah so what what i found really beautiful about that book and and, and it came to me at a time when i like, really needed like a new perspective on my own spirituality and where i was in my life because it was kind of a moment where I was questioning, what is my purpose? What am I doing right now? I'm back home. I've lost uh, so many like friends and relationships that were so immediate in my life. And now I'm like back at home just with, you know, in this completely new state. And, and I think what was powerful is that the way it's worded in the book is, is it's, it's like, you actually need to feel your emotions and you need to feel these things that your spiritual path and like mindfulness isn't about being able to just move through life without you know, almost like, like neutral to the experience you're having, what it is actually about is, is knowing that these emotions and these experiences are, are occurring and having the awareness to be like, oh, I, I see that I am feeling sadness or frustration or anger right now. And I'm going to feel that because I know if I don't feel it, what I'm actually going to do is store it deep inside of me. And that's going to cause problems longer term. And I think like that is there's, there's something really beautiful in, in realizing that and recognizing that actually like emotions and experiences in life aren't necessarily good or bad, you know, that that they don't exist in this binary, but that that what's important is your awareness, your ability to cultivate an awareness of self and awareness of the experience you're having and, and and to feel those things.
1: Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely what what you're saying, the the unearthing of of all of um all of those feelings and and also like the because we're we're constantly judging things in our lives and it's it's our minds perceiving or judging what whatever it is and so to be able to take a step back and say and and see something for really what it it truly is and i think that another thing i i guess that i've i've been thinking about this uh, over the past few months is just trying to be as open as possible. And and I think that this it does a lot of, uh, has a lot of different um, effects. Uh, being open to other people's perse- perspectives, being open to your own personal unique expression, being open to opportunities um, that come too, because, I think that sometimes, and I and I think, especially during this time, it's it's difficult to feel like there are possibilities, you know. And so I think just just having that that mentality of oh, I'm I'm open for for any any opportunity that comes, any way that I can help others, any way that I can help myself, and um, I guess asking those like empowering questions too. And, um, Michael, uh, Beckwith talks a lot about, um, uh, asking empowering questions and like, what is my gift? What is, um, what, what, what is trying to emerge in me today? And, and I just, I just really like that because it's, it encompasses who we are, um, kind of personally, but also our connection with, with other humans
0: um yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a really powerful point too and i love that idea about asking the questions and and it almost feels like one thing that's been quite uh profound about everything that's sort of happened in the world especially with you know the covid pandemic and us all needing to kind of like isolate and be by ourselves like we've had to spend quite a bit of time alone or uh, quite a bit of time like really with ourselves and sitting with ourselves and i know for me like that was quite difficult because i had recognized that i had attached a lot of my self-identity the people i spent time with into the like work i did and so when that was all taken away it was like before that i was like oh i'm a very happy person i'm very positive i'm very like all of these things like i had these affirmations of who i was and then when you take away the immediate friendships and the constant connection that I had at a college campus and and the fulfilling work that I was doing and that I was very committed to. Once that was taken away, I had to sit back and go, oh, I actually like, I need to be fulfilled like beneath all of that as well. And that my, my happiness and fulfillment is beyond all of those external factors that I was using to validate myself. And that I actually need to be fulfilled in me, like who I am beyond all of that. And there's something really powerful about asking those questions like you mentioned to be like like, "What is my gift that I have right now that I can bring to the world what what is what is what what can I bring to this day and And I think what it is for me at least what I've been recognizing is that it's almost a perspective shift in terms of not looking at or again yeah, not looking at the world as 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 this incredibly like 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 restricted and like formulaic system this there's something that that is is very serious but actually taking a step back and going we made all this like everything in this world right now like the stock market the internet um political systems social systems education systems that's all human made and And same with all of the stresses and anxieties that come with those systems, those levels of judgment. You know, it's beautiful that you brought up judgment because it's been something I've been reflecting on as well, is that that almost I'm catching myself judging other people. And in a way, it's like, oh, I'm actually judging part of myself in that. I'm judging how I relate to other people. I'm judging every time I go to put out a creative product, every time I release a podcast, there's a sense of self-judgment of, oh, is this good enough? is this contributing is this you know there's this constant cycle of thoughts and ideas and judgments and stresses and anxieties that we're actually putting onto ourselves through our attachment to the external world but this i think there's a big shift in perspective when you start to realize oh wait i can exist beyond just that base level that base perspective totally
1: yeah i and i I think i think that a lot of people are are really starting to um, to see that and identify with with a lot of of those ideas and um try trying to separate those those things and um i that also kind of makes me think about how i guess at the beginning of the pandemic I had had so much pressure on myself too that i and needed to be creating things constantly, or that I needed to have these groundbreaking ideas. And this is kind of, I guess, how how I see creativity and and um, spirituality or consciousness being linked. And in, in that kind of what you're saying about about like our our egos or having to having to judge other things, like oh, I need to put out this this great work, and uh, just just all of this pressure and. And I was like, is this actually my authentic self, like wanting to create these things? Or is it just because I need to feel productive because this is what society tells me <laughs> that I need to be doing right now to be productive? And I, oh, and then I see my peers, you know, doing this, these really amazing things, which are great, but oh, am, am I doing enough, you know? And and so I think it's it's really important to recognize that in, you know in all cases it's like we're or in most cases we're doing enough just as we are without these other things and that's kind of how authentic forms of of self-expression will come forward
0: yeah i i think i think that's that's such a powerful point too thank you for sharing that because I I resonate with that so much, that need, I, I've caught myself so many times being so down on myself, because I'm like, I didn't create, like, an an amazing piece of art today, or I sat here for four hours and I didn't write anything of value, and, and, and and it's just like these unrealistic, unfair expectations that we put on ourselves, um, in, in the pursuit of being productive or being, you know, or, or fulfilling sort of a certain role or a certain label that we want to be. Oh, I'm an artist, I need to just make brilliant work. And and sort of this attachment to an end goal, like an end product, I think is, is where a lot of that comes from is because you're like, oh, who do I aspire to be like? Oh, I aspire to be, you know, like, like this person, you know, we're to people who are in the peak of their career or have had amazing careers. And sometimes you need to like reframe and be like, oh, I'm, they're 30 years older than me. Like, I, I, can't, I can't keep comparing myself to people who are so advanced in their career and hold myself to their standards because I'm just, you know, 21, 22, and, I, and I'm just trying to figure it out. And, and I think you bring up such a beautiful point. Like, it's okay to be where you are right now, no matter what. Like, where you are right now, it's okay to be there. And the start of moving forward, I think, is centered on self-compassion. And and like this is something I don't think we talk enough about. It's like you have to, you know, like find a way to like have compassion for yourself where you're at right now. And, and and be like, this is where I am, like this is where my headspace is, this is where my work is, this is where my career is. And and like I might not be fully fulfilled and satisfied in that right now, but I'm okay knowing that this is where I am, but I now know where I want to go. And and like that is really important. Because otherwise you're constantly battling yourself um you know to, to give a very tangible example I until recently have not been able to relax like I, I I could not take a day off and I think I'm still I think even the days I've given myself a day off I've gone and done work at some point or or I've like like followed my routine that I set for myself because I it I critique myself like I sit down to like watch an episode of TV and my brain's going. You could be doing work now, right now. You could be writing. You should be writing. You could be recording another podcast. You could be working on brand. You could be, you know, writing a play. Like, like, and, and, and and it's like, that's not fair. Like it's, you know, if, if someone else was, was being that voice for you, you'd be like, like get out of my life. You're a, tr- you're a terrible person. Like that's just not fair for you to critique me like that. Yet we kind of have normalized that it's okay to do that to ourselves.
1: I- yeah, I I completely understand that. I there are so many times where I feel like I can't turn my brain off. I have you know twenty different tabs open, <laughs> you know, at any given. It, it's like you know oh, here's this you know project that I'm like kind of starting with here, and then this kind of thing, and and um you know hard again to I think I talked about this at the beginning, but to be like grounded and um and and not constantly like overwhelming myself or or. Um, beating myself up over things Um, at at the very beginning of quarantine. I I was in a very similar place where I I definitely, I couldn't watch TV. I didn't, I didn't watch any TV or like do anything that was relaxing. When I was working for the screenwriters festival, I'd work from morning until night and would barely take a break to eat or anything. And, and, and I think, um, and it was really just trying to find, find that routine and, I I was like, Oh, I have nothing else to do. And I just need to need to be taking advantage of this opportunity because I'm so lucky and to have, have this amidst (laughs) a a pandemic. And, but then I think after that, I, uh, which uh, after the, the festival was over, so basically it was a month long of live events, um, every day. And after the festival was over, I just totally crashed. And then I wasn't and then I wasn't being productive at all, so it was like went from one end of the spectrum to the other, and that was also so unusual for me not to have that motivation or anything and It was like I had never really experienced burnout before, but I guess that's kind of the closest I'd gotten and it was in such a short amount of time and so that's when I realized'm like I really need to <laughs> really need to to be a little gentler with myself and and find find a balance um between those things so.
0: yeah yeah that's that's exactly it and just to be gentle with yourself to know that that we are human beings too i think sometimes it's so easy to like look at the outside world and be like oh like these are all human beings like i recognize that you know i have empathy for them i have love for certain people i you know feel certain ways about other people, but sometimes we don't let ourselves sort of reflect and feel that for ourselves, to feel proud of ourselves for things that we've accomplished, to actually like also, you know, the reverse side of that is also at times to be be critical of ourselves and go, oh, like, where am I not showing up? Like, you know, maybe it is like, could I actually be giving, have I become, you know, in my pursuit of being successful or, or you know, reaching some certain target that we set for ourselves, have I actually let myself fall away from the friends in my life, the people I care about? Have I, you know, acted out of fear and judgment rather than like love and empathy? Um, Are there ways in my life right now where I can give more to the communities that I care about? And, and, and that thing, and I I think that shift as well is really important because I, I, I truly believe that by giving more, by, by building community, by connecting with people on a deeper level and actually showing that you care and be willing to listen. And, and also, at, at the same point, like, be able to share stories and, and, and have a conversation and engage with each other, not from a place of judgment or critique, but as a place of learning and growing together and, and connecting with another human being. That is powerful. And, and especially now when we can't all be hanging out in the same place, you can't go to music festivals, you can't go to art galleries, you can't see theatre shows, like... Like when when we don't have those kind of spaces, we have to find a way to to connect and 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 have empathy for each other and and really like share each other's stories and and, and come from a place of 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 love with with all of that for self and for others.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and that's yeah. why I think what we're doing right now is that I mean this is so important, you know, getting getting people together to have conversations and to inspire others, and the same thing with what you did with your thesis as well. There were we had some really incredible conversations you know about about home and beauty and and all of these concepts that you know we're all just trying to figure out and so it's it's yeah it's amazing
0: yeah thank you like that that really means a lot and and i'm glad that like you you mentioned my thesis and and for anyone listening who doesn't know i i had been working on on a theater show for about a year and a half to two years to develop a theatre show that was going to be staged as my thesis and then that because of the COVID-19 pandemic I had to come home and leave that all behind and sort of in a few weeks I decided that I was going to do a 12 hour live stream performance where I basically was just on a live Zoom call um, and anyone from around the world could join in and have a conversation with me and connect but I used the core themes of the original theatre show as, as sort of topics of conversation and I was reflecting on that show recently, actually, and, and I was thinking about like how powerful it was to just have a space for a lot of, you know, primarily young people who were active in it, but I know that it was, it was intergenerational in terms of the people who were watching it live on YouTube. Um, but have a lot of young people like talking about things and admitting that we don't know. And I think that's actually, you know, you mentioned empowering questions before, but I think, I and, and, and I love that. But I also think one of the most empowering things you can do is admit that you don't know something. I think with, with, in a way, like when I look back at, you know, going to sort of a, a US college in even in high school, you know, there's this idea of like, there are right answers. There are correct things. There is a correct way to do things. But the truth is like, none of us know what we're doing. The, the whole idea, like a structure of an essay is made up. Like, yes, like, it makes sense. You don't see any of those things. But, like, there are other ways of expression. And we learn differently. Like, and, and all of those things, we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all just doing the best we can with whatever, what we've got. And I think there is something really powerful in, in accepting that and acknowledging that and acknowledging that we have things to learn. And that and, and I think the biggest thing you can do is just be curious and, like, willing to, to learn those things and explore and be, as you said at the very beginning, be open to possibility, whether that be in conversation, connection, all of those things. But um, sort of segueing off that, using that as a bit of a segue to ask you another question, I'm wondering, you know, you mentioned some spirituality. Is there anything else in your life sort of over the past few months that you're really curious about?
1: Um, Yeah. So I guess what this is kind of going off of what you were um, saying about ways that, you know, we can find our communities or give back to our communities there. I I recently have, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is the pandemic and, and feeling, feeling isolated, but for a while now it's, I've, I've really wanted to find communities of, like-minded people, um, to me, I guess, um, around uh, around creativity and um, and and so I guess we're trying to find uh, finding those communities are are is important to me right now, and um, there like there are a ton of things that I <laughs> that are are coming to mind now as well, um, but I. I being back in in Pittsburgh as well, um, because it's been it's been so long since I've I've been here for a significant amount of time, and I've been thinking about how I can get involved in in local communities and local initiatives now. And seeing, I mean, we live in such a a globalized world now, but even with all of this technology and you know how how we can be you know chatting right now i think it's still important to do it in in some uh some specific place or location that that feels um important to us and um as i said i i grew up in pittsburgh and i want to be able to explore i don't know what the the film community looks like in Pittsburgh, what the theater community looks like in Pittsburgh. I um, have recently been exploring sustainable initiatives and there's um, there's a an eco-village being built about 35 minutes away from where I live. And so that's something that's going to be happening in the next couple of years. And so basically an eco-village um, is, a sustainable community, it's it's kind of, it's also called co-housing, um, and it's going to be a multi-generational community uh, where people, everybody kind of has their own house and it, but it's this balance of like p- private and public property, and everybody kind of pitches into community gardens and to, um, and, and it's going to be built on a local college campus, and so, also pitching in to help with with campus initiatives, and and so I learned about this project a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking about this upcoming fall and about how I am not going to be uh, taking classes online or be going back out to to California to study. So I was like, maybe I can get involved in that somehow, and uh, whether it's you know help them help them. Uh, document the process um, or so it I, I could go in a million different <laughs> directions so I'm a bit scatterbrained No,
0: stuff. no, that's 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 awesome I think it's it's a testament also to you know your ability to be flexible to make decisions when things don't necessarily work out you know like we get to this you know certain points in our life where we've had a trajectory of what we're going to do, you know? I'm sure you thought, oh, I'll be back at school next semester, you know, that you, you'd finish, you'd graduate school sort of pretty easy flowing, you know, a pandemic wasn't necessarily in the cards, no one really expected that to happen. Um, and so the ability then to question like, oh, what else can I do at this point in time? Like, what, what are the possibilities in my life? You know, to, to have the curiosity to ask questions about, can I help right now? What experiences can I curate in my own life given all the current descriptions? Can I can I learn a new skill set? Or are there a ways that I can leverage my current skill sets to help other people? And and I think that that way of thinking is a really, really powerful thing. And I think it's something that we also miss a lot when you sit in a classroom and you're told this is the syllabus, this is what you need to learn, this is how it's going to be graded, you're going to write a paper like this and you're going to sit an exam that's going to have 80 questions and you need to get 76 of them right to get an A. You know, like, like that kind of structure doesn't actually exist beyond the classroom. Like, yes, there are structures that we operate within, but once again, that, they're all just like constructs. Like you can, you can question things. And I think, I think that's a really powerful and apparent thing to know that we can ask those questions and we can be curious about what's going on in our local community, in our national community, in our international community and and there's a lot of discovery that can happen and and also you know you, it's trial and error like you have to you have to try stuff out and and there's something that's spoken a lot of the podcast is is i think for a lot of young people as we said we don't know what we want to do we don't know what our future looks like but i think the biggest thing is you have to be willing to give things a go and as long as you come at them with like an intent of like this is going to help me be a better person, but it's also going it, to, along the way, ideally help other people, and it's going to add value to, you know, other people, whether that's businesses, you know, stuff like that. But it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you like jump in way over the head, your head, you know, which you know I've definitely done, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that you've had those experiences too, um, where where you go, oh, I am not qualified to be doing what I'm doing right now. This is actually way over my head. I need to back out. Like that's that's part of the experience. But on that note, I'm wondering. Are there any recent failures that you've experienced that maybe have set you up for later success or have taught you core lessons that you're now going to carry with you moving forward
1: um well lots of failures in the past of course (laughs) um i i definitely think that it's it's something that i'm I'm learning to embrace more of nowadays and, and recognize that it's okay and it's it's good, you know, to to fail and because that's the only way that you can, you know, ever do something meaningful eventually in, in a lot of cases. Um But I, I guess the the first thing that pops into mind is at the uh this was just a few months ago. I was um I was trying to start a an online uh collective i guess it was uh going to be called chrysalis and i it was going it was meant to be a a platform for artists to create work in um in a series i guess for the uh for the platform so they would choose a medium whether it was vi- video or um or photographs or poetry it could it could be anything that they wanted and um over a series of weeks or months or however they wanted they would um upload uh those those works and um unfortunately that for the longest time I I was I was working on it and um the more I kind of got I guess busy with other things it never really came to fruition and I and I guess it from the outside, it doesn't really look like a failure, but to me, like internally, it was a failure because it was something that I started and didn't complete because that's just one of, i i'm when I start a project, it's like i really you know it's like it's like a i don't know a child like i don't know i wanna i wanna bring it into the world, and so when it doesn't happen, it's like it's kind of like a like a deep failure, and I'm not saying that it that kind of thing will ever happen but um. It definitely wasn't wasn't fully baked as I was starting to to talk about it and plan for it, and didn't realize kind of how much time I had, and kind of like what you were saying, like how like qualified I was to be trying to be doing all the things I was doing, like make a website. I didn't know how to make a website. I was totally like in over my head, and so that's that's one thing that, and I I had to I guess accept. the loss on that one for the time being yeah so um i guess i guess there were some some lessons in there (laughs) about how uh yeah
0: yeah well i i think you know one of the most powerful things you just said was like for the time being like knowing like and and having the self-awareness to be like Oh this is something that I really am excited about and something that I like would love to strive for at some point in my life to get something like this up. It didn't work this time just because logistically it doesn't make sense and maybe you know you don't have the skill set to execute that right now. But that doesn't mean that down the line like these things can't come to fruition. And it's interesting because this is something that I've also struggled with. And I know I speak to a lot of my friends and who are generally in the, into like creativity and art and stuff like that. Like it's always a struggle. Sometimes you have these massive ideas for something you want to do, you know, you're like, oh, I can see this like skit or this scene or this play in my head, but I just can't figure out how to execute it. Or I don't have the resources to do it with the budget I have and stuff like that. One thing that, like, a tactic that I've started to do is I've got a like a, a a like a Google document that I now keep sort of on my computer, easy access. And whenever I have an idea for something, I I usually like assess and I go, okay, is this something that's like I can work on right now, or like am I just like too busy, or is it just not feasible with my current state and resources and skill set? But then to actually have a list where you collect those ideas like your one day list. Um, and and I think there's something really like powerful in that because you catch the idea and um, you kind of like grab that idea and you put it down on paper and you go, look, I can't do this right now, but if it comes around that I'm looking for something to do, I can refer back to this list and maybe at that point in time, I'll be able to start working on that project. And... I, I don't know have you have you read um there's a book by Elizabeth Gilbert called Big Magic um I don't know if do you know it?
1: I haven't but I I've been listening to uh her podcast Mag- magic lessons I think yeah uh, that's been really great yeah
0: yeah yeah well I remember I remember there was there's a there's a bit in it where she's sort of talking about the creative ideas and the way ideas work and this mm-hmm. idea that ideas sort of like flow through the universe, just like energy does. And that sometimes an idea will catch you and you, and, and, and you'll be sort of taken away by it. But if you don't do anything with it, then the idea will move on and someone else might catch the idea and then execute on it. You know, it's that same idea. It's like, I had the idea for Google before Google did it, you know, like it's, you know, and it's like, okay, okay. But, but the idea that, you know, like, I think creativity is like sparked, through us and we get to choose, are we going to execute it? Are we going to catch that idea and do something with it? Or are we going to let it just move on and go to someone else? And what I've found at least is, is if you have a list, you know, those ideas that maybe you've caught and you're just going to hold on to for a little bit, you don't want to quite let them go just yet. And, And I think that's quite a, quite a good tool to have to go, Oh, I know this is here. And when I'm ready, I'll come back to it.
1: Yeah, I I think that's that's a great idea. I really need to start doing that. <laughs> because yeah, it's it's like, I, I think I mentioned earlier, it's like there are a bunch of tabs open in my head and then I like lose track of some of them. And uh, but that was interesting what you were talking about, about um, how, you know, some like creativity and everything like it, these ideas kind of flow like energy. I, um, I have been reading a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron.
0: I just started the exact same book.
1: No way. That that is it's wild, it's really good,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. yeah, um,
1: I'm about I think I'm on week nine um of twelve, and um, and I've been doing the so you know there's the morning pages, which is a a pillar of uh of the artist's way, and so it's every morning, three pages stream of consciousness, and i I look forward to doing that, so at like the very first day, I was like, this sucks, my hand hurts. I just <laughs> like how am I supposed to do this every morning? But it's like I really stuck to it. And it's it's that whole idea of just letting letting these ideas just come to you and not thinking about it so much and just kind of unblocking all of these things that we don't even realize we're we're blocked from, you know. And um it's it's a really, really great read and um yeah, I've and and there was there was a quote uh in the book yesterday. Um I when I read it and it was uh, oh geez, wait, I'm I'm trying to remember. It. it was really good. Um it was like creativity happens in the moment and in the moment we're timeless. Um and that really resonated with me and and I just I, I keep going I wanna keep going back to that um because I think that ties a, a lot of a lot of things together for me.
0: Yeah, no, that is, I, I love that quote. That is, it's so true. But I also just, number one, wild that we both are reading that same book at the same time. And I'm I'm much earlier in the book. Like I've just done, I've just finished week one. Um, so right at the beginning. But I I do want to talk about the, the morning pages because you're exactly right. Like at first you're like, oh, like, what is this? This doesn't doesn't feel like it's helping me in any way. But as you get into this routine, it gives you like permission every morning to just get ideas out onto the page. And sometimes it's like sort of deep, like subconscious things kind of come up and you're like, oh, whoa, like there are some emotions that I haven't processed that are coming through and just my general like writing. And what it also does is it disconnects you from that judgment in your brain that we were speaking about earlier in the conversation is that by giving yourself Three pages, literally. It's three pages. It you know, it's it takes you about fifteen to twenty minutes. You know, sometimes even quicker if you're sort of on a roll, and you just let all of that out, all of the gunk out. You don't need to reread it. You don't need to go over it. But you just get ideas flowing. And for me personally, like I've noticed that my ability to access creativity later in the day, and and as I sort of like move on, like and do other things, like it's it's always there. Like one thing I've actually done is. I do my morning pages, I do my three pages. And then oftentimes what I'll do is I'll set a timer for 30 minutes and I'll go from doing morning pages on like with pen and paper to then doing 30 minutes of writing in a Google document. And, mm-hmm. and, and so there's like, and so that might be working on, I've got a few little writing projects that I've got going on at the moment. And so I might just pick one of those wherever sort of my intuition tells me to go and just spend 30 minutes working on that and so but the daily pages gets rid of the judgment it gets rid of the need to for it to be anything and kind of allows you to just get get it out there And i think that that is a skill set that is so important and sort of helps you sort of chip away at that inner critic that inner judge
1: absolutely yeah i find it it lets me yeah move through the day like a lot lighter because i'm getting so many of those things out of the way and it's interesting too what you said about writing for 30 minutes after because i always find that i I get to a really good idea right at the end of the three pages and I'm like oh I want to expand on that thing like that last sentence that I wrote there so yeah
0: that is so odd because that is the exact same thing that happens to me is is that last little like that usually the first first page it's just kind of like random it doesn't really make any sense and then that last like the last half a page you're like oh wait this is something I really like like, and there's something really here but
1: taking a little bit of like Oh, if you're just on week one, wait until you yeah. <laughs> get farther along and are doing it even more. Yeah, no, I,
0: <laughs> I know. I'm very, very excited. Um, but, you know, from taking sort of a segue from that, what is your relationship with storytelling? And where do you think story um, operates in our day-to-day lives? What, what, what does it do for you? Do you think it's something worthwhile?
1: Yeah. Um, well story i think i mean it's always i think from when i was a really little kid i've always had a really active like imagination <laughs> and um i i just i i was always creating all of these uh you know stories in about fairies and wizards and and kind of these like magical elements i guess and um and so for a while i think i was kind of i don't know head head in the clouds that kind of thing um but i think what i've what i've realized like moving forward and what i've like taken away from from that is that stories in in our lives i'm trying to i'm trying to think of what i'm trying to say here <laughs> um that the stories that we tell ourselves like about our lives or about um our our communities and, and and a lot of things a lot of times it's it's based in something that's like not tangible i i guess it's it's a lot of it is like these uh these feelings behind it these like intangible like almost magical elements you know that make up a person's life in these little details um and and so i've always I I still think whenever whenever I'm working on um, a screenplay or a writing project, a lot of I find a lot of my ideas end up being kind of this like magical realism, and and I think a lot of that has to do with with how I how I see the world, kind of on like I don't know, or like I I try to see the world, I guess, in like multiple multiple different ways, and um, how sometimes like the most real can be what what we don't necessarily see i'm i'm explaining this very terribly
0: (laughs) no no it's great it's great
1: but um i i completely lost my train of thought
0: no that's that's okay i i think you know it, it it seems like what you were bringing up was this idea that like through stories we access almost like like Higher levels of awareness, or, or, or different levels of awareness, we're able to look at the world around us in a new way. We're able to use things like fantasy, like magic, like the supernatural, use genre and twist things to actually explore what's going on in our lives around us in a way that maybe is is easier to understand, easier to process. We're able to articulate what in our own life might be unarticulatable. And I think I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not sort of the direction you were going. Um,
1: no, it definitely was. That was a lot more eloquent than, than what I was just saying.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I think it, it is a it's a really really good point. And and the extension that I'd love to like go beyond that too is like a, a story is a is a way of understanding and a way of fun. And and if I look back on on like for me personally, like my education, you know, more more specifically the past four years of, of studying in the U.S. I, I don't think back to the classrooms. I don't think back to, you know, the the creative projects and stuff. Like, that's all great. What I actually think back to is, like, the stories and the memories of connecting with other people, of hearing other people tell me their story. You know, when, when you sit down and you meet someone the first time, you're like, oh, like, what do you do? What are you passionate about? What excites you? Where are you from? Like, what is your history? What is your relationship with different people in your life? Like through that, we're able to almost like look into someone else, and that allows us to then look like reflect elements of ourselves that maybe we don't see. Like we learn and we accumulate through um, intimate connection and through empathy and and through that storytelling process. And and you can trace that all the way back to sort of you know even even sort of like before sort of civilization. Like story is is what what defines us in a lot of ways at least that's that's how I look at it
1: yeah definitely um I I also think that that you were kind of touching on this the ways um like the experiences that we have have with other people and how kind of all of our, our stories are constantly overlapping and um overlapping with with archetypal stories like of the past and how how we kind of like fit into those and but also how we how we break away from them um uh, especially kind of as as we um move forward and um but yeah i definitely i definitely think that these like that the overlapping of of all of our different um stories is is very interesting and we can see that unfolding kind of in our, in our own lives and, um, yeah, just, just all, all around us in our communities. And.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's almost like in a way, it's like what makes us feel is is our ability to share stories and to have experiences and actually document them because what, what's powerful is when you, when you sort of like, craft a story, you, you almost give, give that story legacy. Like when you write a screenplay and maybe that gets produced or it gets read by some people, like that, that story that was inside of you then gets articulated and has legacy. It can last forever. Like we can go back through film history and watch films that, you know, from people who, everyone was, who was involved in that film may have passed away by now, but their, their legacy, their story like carries on. You know, we're still staging versions of Shakespeare and, and the ancient Greek playwrights. Like, they, you know, they have long passed, but their stories live on because their stories contain something that resonates with us beyond all of the civilization and all of these structures we've spoken about through this conversation. The story almost penetrates beneath that, penetrates us deeper inside as, as, as human beings.
1: Yeah, and and I think the power of, of whether it's telling our own stories or or tapping into these other stories th- that we're also giving other people permission to to share their stories. It's like you don't know what the story you tell, what that effect is going to have on somebody else, and and then therefore kind of what what story what they feel like they can share because of that, because of of what what you're able to share, kind of what's. Um, what's unique and what, and kind of like a, what I was saying, what overlaps with other people's stories. And it just is this, you know, forms this beautiful web.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so true. And, and sort of maybe it makes me take in a slightly different direction, but, but carrying that sort of awareness forward. When you look back on your life, where would you say your biggest teacher has come from? or or who do you, would you say is your biggest teacher in life? Um,
1: I would say that my biggest teacher is my younger brother. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you know, but my, so my younger brother, um, he was diagnosed with, uh, what's called fragile X syndrome when he was two years old and it's the leading known cause of autism. And uh, he I mean, when, when, when he was diagnosed, it kind of changed the it changed a lot about our family, and I was too young I was, I was about four at the time, and I was, I was too young to to recognize that really at the time, and I, I can't really remember a time when um, anybody thought any differently. But I guess now, so he's 19 uh, years old and i guess just seeing how he's handling everything that's that's currently uh that's currently going on it's he's by far the the most accepting person i've i've ever met it's like every every single situation that he's in he he really he, he takes it in stride and um and and just really again, it's, it's just is so accepting because he, you know, he can't really, he can't go outside to, he won't wear, wear a mask. So he can't, um, he, he can't go to many places that even that we can go to. Um, so we kind of have to be a little bit more careful um, because of him, but he just, he emanates, em- is that a word? <laughs>
0: it's a word for now (laughs) um
1: just boy he's happy he's purely he's pure unadulterated happiness um and same thing goes for when he's angry but at least he gets it out he he kind of he uh lets it out and then that's it but um i as i especially see him him during this time and and it you know makes me you know i'm like oh I, sh- I shouldn't be complaining about all these you know little things about how oh i can't be seeing my friends or whatever because um because i look at him and i'm like wow he's he's seriously taking it in stride and there's there's so much that it that i'm learning from him all the time so i'm so grateful that i get to see that all the time and and be here with him
0: yeah wow that that's that's really really beautiful thank thank you for sharing that thank you for your vulnerability i mean there's something so powerful like this kind of covers the arc of our our entire conversation really is this idea of authentically experiencing the world around you like authentically going like i'm happy right now and that's okay like like, it's good to be happy and and maybe i'm sad right now but it's okay to experience those emotions like they are emotions that come and go and i'm going to feel them you know i'm going to feel creativity come through me i'm going to execute on that or maybe today i'm going to sit down and watch a movie and i'm going to be okay with that because i'm going to enjoy that and i have the compassion for myself to do that, or I'm going to give. And when I give, I'm going to give without the expectation of receiving anything in return, but I'm going to give because that's the right thing. And I know that I want to contribute to making the world a better place. And, and I think like that, that is sort of the summation of, of, of connecting spirituality, which we spoke about at the beginning into creative process. And then also into, you know, these, these stories that bring us together through all of that and the people in our life who teach us lessons. Like, I think, I think that, that sort of summation of that is, is really, really powerful. And, and, you know, I want to acknowledge you too, you know, before I ask my last question, I want to acknowledge you too, because I think every time I've sort of engaged with you and we've, we've had conversations and we've talked, you're so, you are so open and you're so willing to sort of delve deeper into, in, into conversations, to ask questions, to imagine projects or possibilities for the future. And I think there's something so powerful in that. And and I just want to you know commend you for your vulnerability throughout this conversation and for your willingness to sort of come on and, and share your perspective on the world, because it's through you know the sharing of perspectives, it's through empathy and, and growing and, and, and sharing those lessons with each other that we all grow you know, as, as communities, as a, as a global community. Um, And so, so thank you. Thank you for for that and for for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It makes it, it's easy to be open because I can tell that you're, you know, very open to, to hearing all these things. So yeah, I'm grateful to be here. (laughs)
0: My, my last question for you is, is when you look back on your life, when you look back on all the people that you've met, all the experiences you've had, all the stories you've been a part of and that you've shared and listened to, what would you say is is one truth that you've taken away from your 20 or so years on this earth? What is one truth that that you take forward with you as you, as you move into the next stage of your journey?
1: I guess I would say that uh, to, be able to be open and to share um your experiences you give other people the permission to do the same and that's something that my mom uh has always said and that's something that she taught me and that's something that has always resonated with me really deeply and i think a beautiful les- lesson that she has shared with me so i think that would be that would be i think yeah
0: yeah no that is that is amazing that is i i love that i i agree with you and i resonate with that i think vulnerability breeds vulnerability and and vulnerability is a really good thing because it allows us to open up connect with more people and 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 to learn from one another so i i, I want to just say thank you so much for coming to the podcast thank you for such a rich and, and and deep conversation i'm incredibly grateful um to know you and to have had this conversation i look forward to having many more now. First of all, congratulations. You just listened all the way through our podcast and we couldn't be more thrilled to have you as part of the Story Network community. If you enjoyed the conversation, it would mean the world to us if you could like, share, review and subscribe to let us know that you're listening. We are on a mission to build the largest and most diverse community of storytellers, creators and innovators from around the world and we can't do that without your help. You can check us out on Instagram, at The Real Story Network and over on YouTube and Facebook at The Story Network. My name is Zed Hopkins. You're amazing. And we are The Story Network. Woo! The Story Network. See you next week.